You're listening to The Universe Has Your Business. It's the podcast for rising entrepreneurs, coaches, and change makers who are here to achieve more while letting the universe do the heavy lifting. And I am your host, Andrew Donovan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode. I am super honored to have a special guest on today's episode, Rhonda Britton. And Rhonda, if you do not follow this woman online, you are in for a huge, huge treat. Rhonda is an Emmy Award winner, repeat Oprah guest. She's a master coach. She has changed lives in over 600 episodes of reality television. We'll talk about that in a little bit. She's the author of not one, but four bestsellers, which include her seminal work, which is Fearless Living. And she's the founder of the Fearless Living Institute, which is the home of the Ivy League of Life Coaching Training. And she's been named America's favorite life coach. She brings this cool neuroscience fear down to earth, giving you, it gives you a path of from going like not feeling good enough to using this wheels technology, wheels in quotes, technology that she's developed that has saved her own life. And I'm just, I'm so excited to be able to chat with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Mr. Andrew. I'm excited to be here too. Well, so you've got a lot of stuff on your resume. We need just a little bit of background history. Um, for, for everybody who's tuning into this, the reason why I was so excited to have Rhonda as a guest speaker is because Almost everyone who tunes into my podcast or watches my videos is some kind of coach, some kind of mentor, educator. They're the kind of people who have taken their personal journeys, their own transformation, and turned that into their business. And Mm -hmm. so many people get stuck somewhere, but they have a hard time identifying like why they're stuck. And then we even get so irritated with that stupid word because because you're sick of being stuck. So can you just give us a little bit of like how you got into this fearless living business? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I too was stuck before I found fearless living. And you know, one of the things that I like to say is if you keep on saying that you're stuck, first thing to do is remove the word stuck. Just quit believing you're stuck, right? Like just quit, quit affirming that you're stuck, right? You're on a journey and you're in a place where you're in the unknown. By the way, that's what stuck is. You're in the unknown. And from a spiritual place, that's a high spiritual place to be, isn't being in the unknown. That means you're about to break through. But how I got quote unquote unstuck and how I started fearless living is really my own personal journey as well. You know, I, when I started fearless living, I just, I'd been an actress. I'd owned my own PR company. I had done all these things in my life and I was lost. I was frustrated. I didn't know what I was doing. I was uh, basically just unsure of what my next step was. Um, Yet what happened for me is I had a magical experience, which I very rarely share, Andrew, but I'm going to share it today. And I, I am. I'm going to share it today. So I was at my, I owned my own PR company at the time, and I was working with a client, and we were like doing stuff for his business on the, you know, the whiteboard and doing stuff. And as we were brainstorming, all of a sudden, and I can talk to you about this because you're a soul guy, is all of a sudden, literally, the earth opened up, no kidding. A book came out and it went. You're watching the pages turn. I I am literally like, what is going on? But not only are the pages turning, I'm getting the hugest download you've ever imagined. And every single question I'd ever asked in my entire life is answered. And then the book closes and it goes away. And I'm like, like, what just happened? And I look around and I'm thinking that can't be for me because right, we don't believe it's for us, right? Like that can't be for me. And it's just me and my client in the room. But I turn around anyway and I'm like, 
okay, there must be must be somebody else here for this. And then I look over at my client and he's still talking. He has no idea what just happened. Yeah, he's in right? his own world. He's in his own world, right? And so I get this message and basically every single question I've ever asked, anything that I'd ever wanted to know was answered. And inherent in that was the message that now you have to go and teach this. Now, this was not good news to me, by the way. This was not good news. Like this was like, are you crazy? Uh -huh. Because what you don't know about me is when I was 14 years old, and I'm gonna tell the short version, is when I was 14 years old, um, it was Father's Day, lived in Upper Michigan. My father was coming over to take us to Sunday brunch that my parents were separated. And you know, my father comes in, come on, come on. My sister's in the bathroom, me and my mom walk out. And as my father grabs his coat from the trunk of his car, I noticed he has not grabbed a coat, but he's grabbed a gun. And he starts screaming at my mother, you made me do this, you made me do this, and he fires. Now, I am frozen, right? Like father just shot my mother. He cocks the gun again and he points it at me. And I absolutely, absolutely 100% believed that he was going to kill me as well. And I hold my breath, he holds his breath, I blink, he blinks, we just stare at each other. And my mother, who already has that bullet inside her, looks up, sees that gun in front of my face and screams, no, don't. And my father, realizing my mother is still alive, shoots her a second time. And that bullet goes through her abdomen, out her back, lands in the car horn. And all I hear for 20 minutes is, eh. And then my father cocks the gun again, puts it on the ground, puts it to his head, gets on his knees and shoots himself. And I'm the sole witness of my father murdering my mother and committing suicide. Now, after that happens, I don't know how you'd respond, Andrew, but how I responded is I blamed myself. I was planning on being a minister at this time. I was 14, just told my parents I was gonna be a minister. And when this happened, I was like, God, are you kidding me? Like, I really felt like it was a test from God. How do you even process and, it? Yeah, you're just, you know, you're just, uh, right? You're just frozen. But I, being the good girl that I was, I believed I immediately forgave my father, immediately forgave my mother. I thought I was fine, you, you know, but yeah. like, I'm, I'm in, like, I'm fine, right? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, what ended up happening, as I bet you can guess, Andrew, is I went on to become alcoholic. I tried to kill myself three times. I got three DUIs and now I'm here, you know, 20 years later and my life is not a pretty sight. And, you know, me working with this PR client you know, I was just, you know, scraping, right? I was still like trying to find myself. I was very much trying to leave my past behind and move into my future. And I just was stuck in that place of how can I change my life when you witness your mother being murdered and you didn't save her? You didn't, I didn't do anything heroic. I didn't jump in front of the gun. I didn't grab the gun, right? I didn't do anything. And how do I have a right to be happy? How do I have a right to live a dream? How do I have that right? Sure. So then, right. So then when that message came down from wherever, it's like, God, you got the wrong gal. Don't yeah. you remember? You know, I'm the alcoholic. I'm the suicide person. I am the, you know, get three yeah, eyes. Right. right all, all the bad stuff. piled right. up. Right. I mean, again, by this time I'd, I'd gotten sober, but I had all that baggage. And so when I get that message, like, this is your job, I'm like, Okay, let's see, message, mess, lot bigger. And so it took me, I actually had an appointment with my minister the next day. And so I run to my minister and I go, okay, I know you're gonna think I'm crazy, but this is what happened to me. And I got this message and I think I'm supposed to do this, but there's no way. And my minister just kept repeating the same phrase over and over again, which is I repeat to my clients today is, if you got the message, you're ready. So, so he's supportive then, okay. 
Yeah, it was a, it's a woman minister. And she was like, you know, yeah, she was like, if you are, if, you know, if you got the message, you're ready. And I said, well, but I got to go get a master's and I got to get a PhD and then I got to write a book and then I got to, then I can do it. Right. And she just kept repeating herself over and over again. If you got the message, you're ready. Mm -hmm. If you got the message, you're ready. And so when, you know, when people are out there feeling stuck and wanting to live their soul's intention, you know, if you got your soul's intention, if you got your soul's purpose, you got the message. Uh -huh. <laughs> right? you, you you got the message. But, but, so, but right? it's so easy to say, no, I'm not ready for it. Or no, it's oh, not right. All the things I, you said. I wasn't ready. And uh -huh. it took me it took me like six months, to be honest. It took me six months before I surrendered to it. Like I worked with my minister. I was working with um, a mentor at the time who was actually one of the very first coaches in the world. You know, there was no coaches when I started. I've been doing this for, you know, for over two decades, almost three decades. So, you know, so it was like, I was literally like, I can't do this. And, and it, it took my willingness. I just had to keep being willing. And that's another word just to introduce everybody to is I do believe the word willingness is the key to moving from a place of unstuck to freedom. Like you must be willing. And that's the key. The willing is what opens the door, right? The willingness put your foot in the door, right? And that willingness allows you then to listen, to, to take action, to start doing things. So six months later, I started coaching. Uh, six months after that, I had a full-time practice. A year after that, I started speaking. A year after that, I had my first, started moving towards my, uh, speaking again, so on a regular basis. And then that just unfolded to my first book, which landed me my first TV show, which landed me my next book, which landed me another TV show, which landed me a next book and a next book, and then another TV show. So, you know, I just thought I was going to be a one-on-one -on -one coach. If you would have told me that I would be on TV as a coach, you're crazy. Because one, there was no reality television at the time. And there was no coaching at the time. <laughs> so, you know, so when people say like, you have to imagine it right before you can have it, I'm like, mm, there was no reality television right, and there was no such thing as coaching. There was no imagining it. There was no like literal, there was nothing there. Right. So I don't believe that you have to see it before you can achieve it. Because a lot of times what you want to do is get into a particular quality, right? That feeling quality, but you may not know what's unfolding before you and not knowing is the place you must be for your greatness to unfold. Now rewind just a minute. So you you received this message and you said six months later you began coaching. What happened in that six months? I basically worked with my mentor. So I had a my client who was actually the first life one of the first life coaches, like I said, he actually had told me before I got this message, he goes, Oh Rhonda, you're gonna be a better coach than me. I go, I'm not gonna be a coach. I'm screwed up. You know, like there's no way I'm gonna be a coach. And he's like, Oh yeah, you're gonna be a better coach than me. So afterwards, when I once I told my minister, I also told him about it. And he's like, Yeah, you gotta become a coach. And so I started, you know, I, I already went to his classes, I already, you know, worked with him on a uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one in the sense of I was he was my client for PR, but I also started just being willing. Really, I mean, that was really, it. I had to start being willing. And then things just started unfolding piece by piece and he started mentoring me, right? And when I first started coaching, there was no coaching schools, right? So I would have a session with my free client. I lived in Los Angeles, I worked for free. I would drive to you because it's like nobody knew what coaching was, right? So I would drive to your house or I'd meet you at a restaurant, we'd have a coaching session. And then I would run to my mentor and go like, she said this, he said this, she said this, I said this, then this happened. And I would literally play by play it. And then he'd be like, okay, do this. And I'm like, you know, next session I would- <laughs> So you go back. <laughs> right, and then I'd go back. And then after, the, after six months of doing that, I started trusting the message that I heard. And I started recognizing that I actually knew what to say. I actually knew what to do. Yeah, that inner right? knowing is always there, but you have to right? keep it. Right, and so, 
but you have to get over the barriers between you and the truth of who you really are. Right. So, and then I had also coaching and then I also had coaching support. I also had a mentor that was teaching me coaching skills because I think that's one of the things that's missing today is people don't actually understand what coaching skills are. So the six months was basically an intensive of me surrendering, me being willing, uh, having sessions with my, my mentor. I was also going to school to become a spiritual counselor, even though I had no desire to do it. I was kind of doing it just cause, but I was never going to do it. So all of that was, I already had that learning behind me. So, you know, all the things that I'd ever done in my life, I had done a lot of supporting people. I'd done a lot of counseling. I'd done a lot of coaching. I had been a spiritual counselor. So it kind of just all evolved and became what it is today, but it definitely took me time mm -hmm. to embrace that the message I got was really for me and that I had a right to live that message, mm -hmm. regardless of my past. You know what stands out to me in this story is I know that you've mentioned that you had skills to learn because there's techniques, there's frameworks that you've developed sure. over time. Yes. Yes. But but what stands out to me is the the beingness of your journey. I mean, all, so yes. much of that traumatic experience when you were a young teenager, and then your ruckus lifestyle. <laughs> it, yes. All that living it set you up. But even like you mentioned that you had already been tending to relationships, nurturing people. And that's just how you show up as a human being. And I think that so often we get quote unquote stuck and we say, well, I have to get accredited or I need to get some kind of external validation or in order to be qualified when really the life that you've lived is ultimately what prepared who you are to be, who you are learning to be. Yes, I think that's true and not true because it's definitely true. Like the foundation you have, the experience you have, who you've been in the past, every single mistake you've made, right? The journey, right? Like, yeah. like you said, the journey is absolutely your ticket into living the life your soul intended, as we say in Fearless Living, right? It is your ticket. Uh -huh. It is the thing that gets you like, yes. And if you got the message, if you got the call, you know, to do this, the thing that you are called to do, you already have the ticket. You already have the entrance ticket, right? Mm -hmm. And now you have to be willing to actually admit to yourself what you need to learn and you know where you need to go. Because one of the things that I see people doing is they get caught up in, they're like, I've done my journey and it's awesome. And again, I do think that you have all the answers. I do think that all those are within you. I do think that you're resourceful, creative, whole, absolutely. And yet what I see in coaches over and over again or healing professionals of any sort is that then they get caught up in a place where their business no longer grows or they don't know how to build a business or they don't know how to you know get more clients and then they blame it on well i don't have business skills probably it has very little to do and again not that business skills aren't important as well but a lot of it has nothing to do with business skills in uh -huh. reality you don't have the coaching skills to move you through to the next level because your intuition is only going to get you, I don't want to say get you on so far, because obviously intuition is the thing, but your past history and the and your journey is only going to get you so far because then you're called to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're called to grow. And so a lot of people stop growing because and they start learning business. And again, that's important, but they quit learning their craft. Mm -hmm. There are very few coaches that I know that actually care about their craft, that actually care about becoming excellent at what they do. They go, well, I'm good enough. I have this. I got to learn how to do a business. But it's like, yeah, but then your business isn't working because you actually don't honor the craft. You don't actually honor. Like you think of actresses or you think of um, any great salesperson, anybody who's at the top of their game, they will tell you they keep learning. They keep growing. They want to get better, right? So it's like, are you willing to not only learn the business skills, which of course are essential and important, 
but are you willing to keep honing your craft and really learning to go deeper into the coaching experience and to learning the skills that you need or become a masterful speaker instead of just speaking, but really becoming masterful at it or becoming a masterful trainer. Again, whatever you're called to do, but are you willing to learn that next level of expertise in order to share your gift? And I find that a lot of coaches kind of get stuck on the business thing and then never really turn to their craft because if they go towards their craft, they're going to build their confidence again. Then the business is going to support their craft, right? The confidence with their craft is going to start melding and growing together. Yeah. The, so the business is just how you execute it. It's not the thing. Yeah. I mean, I just see it over and over again from with coaches or, I mean, even therapists, healing professionals, you know, they take their school and they think they're done. And it's like, no, there's like craft. And, you know, just like an actor, you got to study your craft. And yes, you got to know how to go to an audition. And yes, you have to know how to, you know, teach a webinar, right? Like all the things you want to do, but there's also a craft. So don't forget the craft part. I'm really fanatical about the craft of coaching. You mentioned before we started the interview that you see in the coaching world, this lack of purity or this, we've forgotten the purity of coaching. Is this what yeah. you're talking about? Yes, exactly. So I find that, you know, coaching has become, and it's no, it's no fault of anybody's like, right. I don't think it's anybody's fault. Like all the schools out there, there's over 800 schools right now. And most people start a school because it becomes a stream of income, mm -hmm. right? That's what people tell you to do. Masterminds, teachers, oh, start a certification program. And so you're like, okay. And you start a certification program, but you actually don't really know how to certify people in coaching. You know how to certify them maybe in your content, in your method, but you actually don't know how to certify them in coaching. There's a very large school today that I think is 10 or 11 months long. And I can't tell you how many of their students come to me after this 11 month program. It's great with content. They're, they got content, they got templates, they got, you they tell you how to do things, right? But they actually don't teach you how to be a coach. They actually don't teach you. They do peer, like peer coaching, doesn't teach you how to coach. Again, it's nice, it's a nice tool, but that actually doesn't teach you how to coach. So there's a lot of things that coaching programs are doing out of ease and out of finances, but actually not dedicated to the craft of coaching. Cause I also think that they don't know it, right? Wow. Because it came out of a desire for them to just build a stream of income or to share their knowledge. So they're sharing content, they're not sharing craft. Well, it, for me, if America's favorite life coach says there's <laughs> there's specific things missing from a lot of coaching training, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> it's true. It drives me cuckoo crazy because it's like, you know, again, I don't blame any coaching school because I think they're doing it for the right reasons, uh -huh. but they don't have a dedication to craft either. Right. So I think in the quest for making a million dollars, which again, good quest, don't have a problem with that. Knock yourself out, do it. I think what we get so focused on the business aspect that we forget the craft of coaching to help us become better and be, and understand that craft so that we can build our confidence so that we act naturally attract clients. Well, purity is always something that comes into question as you start scaling things commercially. I mean, someone yeah. starts a, a family chocolate company 300 That's years right. ago because That's they right. love chocolate and then, and then That's fast right. forward 300 years and we're you know, eating wax yes. because it's become so commercialized. Right. We forgot why it began. So. I'm bringing craft back, Andrew. <laughs> right, and I will, and I'm I will. I'm bringing the pure chocolate back. <laughs> that's what that's what I need. That <laughs> you promised me a story about your 600 plus television episodes. What is all of that about, and how does that tie into this? 
Well, you know, it's, it's amazing what happens, right? So, you know, I always laugh. God always is like so funny, right? So I was an actress, like I said earlier, when I was drinking and suicide attempts, I was, you know, an actress, moved to Hollywood. And, you know, I always wanted a series, like, please God, give me a series, please God, give me a series, please God, give me a series, right? And so here I am, leave acting behind. I wake up one morning and realize, you know, I don't think about acting like my friends that are like really into it. And I remember talking to one of my BFFs as an actress. And I said, do you think about acting like when you wake up? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't, mm. I, I don't. And I went through the very difficult, very difficult, because if you think your whole life, since I was a little girl, I was like, I'm going to be an actress, right? Um, you give up that dream. I always say you have to sometimes kill the big dream to actually get the true dream, right? You have to kill the smaller dreams to actually get the real dream. So, you know, we get attached to a dream and we think that's the dream when in fact, that's just the precursor to the real dream. So I was an actress, which of course gave me all the skills to be on TV, right? And so anyway, so here I leave, I leave acting, bye, become a coach, no such thing as reality television, nothing at all. And I'm in uh, England for my first book tour. And my publicist is like, Rhonda, they're starting a show for life coaches and they've been auditioning for nine months. And they've, interviewed, they've, been, right, they've interviewed all the therapists and coaches in England and throughout Europe and even America. And there's nobody can do it. And they're about to cancel it. Uh -huh. And since you're here, would you like to audition? And I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, I would. Right. So I go into this little room. Right. And they have this young girl in and I'm going to coach her on dating. Right. And they've got a camera. They're doing a screen test. They got a camera in my face. Again, I was an actress for years. I'm completely comfortable. Uh -huh. So I go in like and coach her because that's what I do. I do that tough love, compassionate, empowering coaching. And the whole room was like, yeah, because it was right? right? They'd never seen that before, yeah. right? And I'm very comfortable in my body. I'm very comfortable with my voice. I'm very comfortable showing up as me. So I'm not hampered in any way by my body movements, right? I'm not, you know, I, I, I move, as you can see if you're watching. Um, so, so I'm very, I move a lot. So anyway, so three months later, I was living in London doing the very first reality show of its kind in the world with a life coach. And so I was the very first life coach in the world to change lives on TV. And that um, lasted two seasons. And then at the end of second season, uh, at the end of every season, I moved back to the United States. And uh, after the end of second season, I moved back to the United States and they're starting a show called Starting Over on NBC at noon every day. And they're hiring life coaches, right? They're looking for life coaches. And so they find me, of course. And uh, so I don't audition with everybody else. I just go to the callbacks at the very final end. And I remember talking to the executive producers at callbacks. And they go, well, this is how the show is going to go down. We're going to do this and this. And I looked at them and I said, no, actually, that's not what's going to happen. Right. Well, I'm actually the only person in the whole world that's done this. Uh -huh. So I let me tell you how it's going down. Right. And so I told them my experience over the last two years. And I knew at that moment, Andrew, that if they were brave, they would fire me. But if they wanted control, they wouldn't. And I really didn't know if they were going to hire me, but they did. And I ended up being the only coach on that show uh, that lasted all three seasons. It was 165, 185 episodes a year. Oh it was every day on at noon. And then during that time, I wrote my second and third book. And then I wrote my fourth book. And then I did Celebrity Fit Club. All this, uh, the lovely celebrities like Bobby Brown, et cetera. And, um, and supported them in taking back their lives. So yeah, so I've done over 600 episodes. I've been on every major media. I've been in every major newspaper and I've had a great fortune of, of having that experience. And it was amazing and wonderful. And people, you know, every time I changed a live on TV, I knew I was not only changing that person's life, I was changing millions of people's lives. Cause I'm starting over, we had 3 million viewers a day. Jeez.
Jeez. Well, speaking of the purity of things, I mean, I guess reality TV has taken a few turns since then, right? <laughs> Don't get me started. You know, one of the things about I loved about my shows is that they were never scripted. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I decided all the, I created all the exercises and I was never scripted. Now I think today they script because the producers don't know how to work with the coaches and the coaches don't understand TV and the producers don't understand coaching. So it's just easier to script. Uh -huh. So, you know, they get scripted and then the coach doesn't get to share their essence and it looks yeah. flat. And then the person rarely changes their life. I mean, a lot of the shows have been canceled because it didn't work. Uh -huh. But, you know, I um, I remember going to London and doing that first season and, you know, they we cast the first three people. Right. And I'm like and the producers are like, OK, what are you going to do with them? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I only know what I'm going to do with them the first week. I have to work with them and then I'll know what this. And they literally they're they're like biting their hands like, oh, my God, we have to wait per week to find out what we're going to do the next. I'm like, yeah. Well, it's that's reality. Right. And that's told that's reality. Uh -huh. And that's what happened in starting over. I created. When I worked with a client on, you know, Tuesday, I knew that I, what I wanted to do the next time. And I would go to that producer and tell them what I wanted to do. So it was authentic. It was real. I created all the exercises. Nobody scripted me. And same thing with Celebrity Fit Club. Oh, my gosh. I love that experience. I mean, I had no idea that that's where reality TV started. I thought that reality okay. TV started with Big Brother and the Kardashians. Well, well, it did start with Big Brother. And the producers of Big Brother actually are the, you know, are the people that actually started starting over. Uh -huh. okay. So, but um, help me, Rhonda. Yeah. Help me, Rhonda. In London, it was the first reality show that changed lives. That actually yeah. was for good. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. for good. Very different intent. Yes. Well, so the the thing that we discussed this a little bit before we started the interview, but what really drew me to your content was your training coaches and. Yeah. And that's why I was excited to ask you about the the whole purity conversation. There's a few things that I've really enjoyed watching uh, on your on your social media. There was a quote that that I loved here. It was, "I'm willing to choose the happiness of this moment over the pain of the past." And there's a lot of little nuggets like that that I've just I thought those are they just expose the underlying current behind your coaching methodology, like the energy, the philosophy behind it. How did you? develop all of that? How did you develop your frameworks? How did you develop what, what makes you unique as a coach? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Um, you know, I think one of the things is, you know, because you're a soul guy, I can talk about God, which I appreciate. Um, and again, for those of you who are not comfortable with God, change it to universe, source, lights, mm -hmm. whatever you want, you know, the larger yeah. thing that's larger than us. But, you know, I'm a big believer in my intuition source. Again, whatever that is for you knows way more than me. Uh -huh. So I'm a really, really, really good listener. And I'm also very attuned to my clients. So basically how I develop my frameworks is I started paying attention to what's happening with my clients. And so I started like the wheels has four spokes now. Well, it started off with three spokes. So I started seeing like, oh, this is what happens to somebody. And, you know, Warren Buffett talks about mental models and how we all need mental models. And basically we already have mental models. We just don't know it. And the wheels methodology is actually a mental model that gives you a way to see the world that filters your entire belief system, their conversation, any conversation you have, your values, everything. Because I say that fear can use your values, your beliefs in service to fear or freedom. So you can have a value of integrity, but that can be used in service to fear and not in service to freedom. Yeah. So everything that you do, you know, even if you're doing it for the right reasons, love can be used in service to fear or freedom. So no matter you know what that word is, no matter what that value is, no matter what that belief is, 
you know, how are you using it? And the wheel of fear and wheel of freedom, when you have yours, because they're personal, unique to you, yours are different than mine. And once you understand that, you actually understand how you work. So you'll never ask why again, ever, because you'll know why. You'll know how to get into the system. When you feel stuck, you're going to know how to get out because it's literally a system you'll use whenever you need it. It's there for you whenever you need it. And it's your system, right? It's the system that you create using my model. And so you create a mental model that is really personalized and unique to you. So I created that with, of course, God's support. You know, I don't, you know, it's not like I look at my client and magically know. It's like it's a it's a dual willingness, right? I have to be willing to listen and I have to be willing to try it. And then it started working over and over again. And then it developed uh, into four. And the same thing with coaching. Like I remember in the year 2000, one of my students was like, I'm going to do what you do. And I was like, I don't know how to teach anyone. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. You're like, what are you crazy? So basically for like two years, I, he, he not only watched me and took fanatical notes, but we videotaped me, audiotaped me, everything that I did. And then I was able to break it down into what is it that I do? How do I do that? Like, what is that? Is that a, what method am I using? How do I repeat myself? How do I do that time and time again? So I basically used my ability to get to the heart of matters very quickly in the way that I use fear and freedom and developed methodology. And then Another coach came and another coach came and it was refined and refined and refined. And now um, we have many coaches that actually go through our coaching program that are graduates from other coaching programs. And um, because they're, it's a a different thing and it's, it's a complete, it'll blow your mind because the way that we teach coaching is of course craft first, Mm -hmm. right? And we're the only program in the entire world that has over nine months of mentoring you have over 18 minimum of 18 mentor sessions with your mentor and they listen to your tapes. You have supervised sessions, which is unheard of in the coaching world. Okay. The, the, the most coaching, the most mentor sessions a coaching program has the most is three. And usually you have to pay extra for it. Ours okay. is included. So you are literally getting supervised sessions. People are listening to your sessions. You are getting feedback on your coaching. You are coaching real life clients. You're not doing peer to peer, which is baloney poloni. And you're getting one-on-one support, not just group, because group and peer support is not going to get you where you want to go as a craft. I think I'm a little fanatical about that, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some passion, but, but that's why that's why you are where you, where you are, and that's why you help who you help, right? Well, I just, you know, I really believe in the art of coaching, and I really believe, you know, there's two things I wholeheartedly believe in, and that is that fear is at the heart of whatever it is that's stopping us. I don't care if you think you procrastinate, that's fear. Procrastination, you don't have procrastination without fear. Overwhelm, you don't have overwhelm without fear, right? Um, anxious, you don't have anxiety without fear, right? You don't, Stuck, you don't have stuck without fear. So any of your problems that you think you have, actually, when you bring it all the way down, is based in fear. And so once you understand your wheel of fear, everything kind of breaks open and you no longer are afraid of it and you see it so clearly. And more importantly, you know how you work. So, you know, know thyself, you'll have self-mastery. And that's how I feel about the coaching as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, to, to be able to lead others on a journey, you have to be able to be go, you have to go on your own journey, right? That's which, right. That's right. which that's means right. discovering those things that you've just talked about. That's right. And I love that you say that because one of the things about our coaching program as well is we actually have you do the work on yourself first. Mm-hmm. We're actually the only coaching program in the world that has a prerequisite. So, you know, we have a prerequisite so that you actually go through the particular craft, like you get your wheel of fear, wheel of freedom, you work with actually a mentor before you ever get in the program so that you actually know how the work applies to you. And then we always tell people like, 
yeah, don't join our coaching program until you've gone through the work and it works on you. It works for you. Um, you know, just to walk into a coaching program without doing the work makes no zero sense to me. So yes, we have a prerequisite. You do the work on yourself and then you go, wow, okay, this actually works. Then you coach your clients and you have your own personal journey to work yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think you've done an amazing job at pulling back the curtains here, showing us uh, quite quite a history and <laughs> and a lot of uh, a lot of things that many of us may not have been aware of. I mean, we can always feel when the energy is not moving. We can always feel mm -hmm. when we're not living up to the magnitude of our potential, yes. but we might not have the ability to consciously pinpoint where our next pivot is is ready to happen. And yes. And so you prepared something for us that I think will be really helpful for a lot of listeners and viewers here. You call it the stretch, risk, or die workshop, that's right? right? That's right. That's right. Stretch, risk, or die. Yes. So stretch, risk, or die is everything that I create, by the way, just a side note, is because a client has an issue and I'm going to help them with it. And, uh -huh. and I came up with exercises. It's what I'm known for on starting over. I've created over 1600 visceral exercises. Wow. So this was with a client. She was having a problem with her sales team. They weren't producing. She was, you know, it was just a mess. And I created the stretch risk or die exercise for her and now have obviously taught it for the last 25 years. And basically stretch risk or die is going to show you why you get stopped in the sense of if you procrastinate, you think of your to-do list, you know, you have 10 things on your to-do list and mm -hmm. you cross off one, two, three, four, five, and you skip six, right? And you do seven, eight, and you skip nine, and then six and nine, you move to the next day and then you never you're, do it, right? You're just like, ah, right? you never get those done, right? The six and nine, just sit on that list. Why, why, why? Well, uh -huh. treacherous and die is going to show you how that happens and why that happens and give you all the templates you need in order to start shifting you. So if any way you feel stuck in life, any way that you are frustrated with your progress. Anytime that you feel like, why am I not doing this? Why am I skipping this? I promise you the stretchers can risk and die exercise is gonna show you how emotional fear gets in your way and more importantly, what to do about it. And it has, like I said, templates, worksheets, everything. So you can do it for finance, relationships, business. You can do it for lots of different areas of your life. And you're going to see how stretch risk and die and how it works. And I promise you, you are going to love it. It's, it's, it's everybody's like one of their favorite exercises. So not just for coaches, for, for anybody. Anybody, anybody, to... anybody, okay. anybody, anybody. Yeah. Okay. And you're offering this for free to for audience too. So the yes, place yes. get this is fearlessliving.org forward slash risk. Fearlessliving.org forward slash risk. That's right. Fearlessliving.org forward slash risk, R-I-S-K. Go there. You're going to have to put your name and, you know, email in there, of course. You know, put, put your name and email, then you're going to be entered in. They're going to be get the course. And then, of course, you can choose to unsubscribe, of course. But you have to subscribe in order to get the course. You know that. Yeah, we're, um, we're, then, we're happy to do that. That's a yeah. generous of you. Yeah, and then we're gonna you're gonna go through three quick little videos. I teach in a live class to a corporation actually, so you're gonna watch me teach something live. Three like 15 minute videos, super easy. And like I said, it's got the templates and do it. I promise you, it's gonna blow your mind. Oh, you're, I, gonna see, you're gonna see the comfort zone in a completely new way. I have already five topics that I want to do this on. <laughs> <laughs> five, five specific things in my life. <laughs> Well, I love it. Good. Well, I cannot thank you enough. This has been uh, so enjoyable. By the way, we haven't even finished going over all of your talents. I, I found a reel on your Instagram where I oh. learned that you're also a songwriter. I think the song oh, was something you. like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> that was in my head all morning because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> 
So, so Emmy Award winner and songwriter and America's favorite life coach. <laughs> And fanatical coaching training program, <laughs> which, which is which is something that is very important. We need more qualified coaching, more people. Yes. It is one of the things that I think we've done really well socially is normalizing getting help. It's becoming more and more socially acceptable yes. to go to counseling, go to therapy, get a get a coach of sorts, and actively pursue your next breakthrough. And so yes. the work that you're doing, I mean, so relevant to where we are as a society. Ah, thank you, thank you. And you know, you make me think it, as we're closing, I know we're running out of time, but I think of a woman named Shay who actually entered my coaching program. But when I met her, I met her at a conference and um, I sat next to her and she's like, oh, I'm a coach. Are you? Oh, you're a coach too, I'm a coach. I'm like, oh great, where'd you get your training? She goes, I'm not, I don't need any training, I'm just gonna do it. And then you know, if I need training later, I'll get it. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, all right. Um, uh, she goes, she looked at me, she goes, well, you don't approve. I said, well, uh, I think that training is really important. I said, but you know, hey, just knock yourself out. I said, but if you don't do anything else, if you do nothing else, I said, come to Fearless Conversations for Coaches. Just if nothing else, please take that course because it'll just help you so much. Mm -hmm. So shockingly, like whatever, three months later uh, that I had the live class, she shows up, which I, I'm actually shocked by, right? Because I'm like, what? This, I met her at a conference. And she takes Fearless Conversations and it's a three-day program. At the end of the first day, she's like, I know nothing. I'm signing up for your coaching program. But it's like, you know, Fearless Conversations just showed her what the skill of coaching really meant. So anyway, when you were talking, it just made me think of Shay. Well, Who's I, graduate? The, oh, congratulations to Shay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's an author. She's written books. She's got a podcast. I mean, she's just flourishing. Well, for our listeners tuning in, whether you are a coach or whether you're some kind of other entrepreneur, okay. I think that I think that this first step that you've given us, Rhonda, is perfect. So yeah. stretch, whisk, or die. We're going to go in. We're going to start with at least one thing that we want to use this on in our lives, right? Make That's our right. Business. And we can get access to that at fearlessliving.org forward slash risk. Uh, we can also find Rhonda. It's just Rhonda Britton. That's Rhonda, regular spelling, B-R-I-T-T-E-N. You said Britton. I said Britton. Yeah, I like it both ways. I'll take it. Britain, Britain. Okay, okay. Uh, Rhonda Britain, all social media, Rotten, Rhonda Britain, you can find me everywhere. Your your audition hostess from back in the day said Britain, <laughs> right? <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I've loved this and I uh, can't wait to, to get this episode live. Thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate it. Be fearless, everyone. Be fearless. Be fearless.